It's a bitch hunt. 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 We are live. We're live, baby. Last show. First, second show of 2022. The last show ever. No. Until 2022. But also, there's almost no way that this is going to be released before 2022 has started. And actually, before we got on this recording, we made an agreement to make this far from the last show that we ever do. That's right. In, so, in many ways, this is the first show. Of it's the first a, of show a, of a new era. Of a new era of Pitch Hunt. Uh, Will, do you want to explain to us why that is? Um, the first show of a new era. Oh, yeah, because from now on, we're not going to be pitching movies. No, 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 that was a different thing that we talked about. Think back like an hour to what we were talking about. Oh, God, that's requiring a lot of memory. An episode per year. An episode? leading you in. yes. We are going to record, well, we're going to promise. At least. On our, on our, on our, on our, on our honor as podcasters. <laughs> Meaning that we would like, we would be dishonorable podcasters if we broke this promise. Right. If we didn't follow through on and, what Will is about to say. Um, the League of is, Podcasters will take our microphones away. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, you can't be a member in good standing of the podcast consortium of America without some honor on your podcast name. And we would lose it if we violated this vow that I'm about to make right now, I which is can't wait for this. We're going to record at least one episode a year, hopefully many more than one, but at least but, one, but at least one every year until the day all of us is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so each of us will have yeah. to find a few replacements who we think will outlive us. Um, and then once the final original member of the pod crew has, you know, bit it, yeah, then that'll be it. Then that'll be it. But hopefully that won't happen for a good 115 years or so. Yeah, but listen yeah. while you can, is what we're saying. Listen while you can. Treat what every episode sure. like... The three of us might get into the three helicopters that crash into each other at any moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. I hope that there's not some kind of horrible helicopter accident that happens between us recording this and this being released, or else that's going to seem like a really tasteless comment. <laughs> yeah. that was, You never know. This is the thing about waiting sometimes months, even half a year, between recording and releasing an episode. You just never know. I mean, there's de- there have definitely been people, I think, who we've suggested be actors in our movies that maybe have passed on in between us I, actually recording. Yeah, I don't know if this is the, the right forum to talk about this, but uh, there is another podcast project that is in the ether between being recorded and being released uh, where a, a major character uh, who played a huge role in that podcast has now been dead for over a year, <laughs> which just tells you how long we've been sitting on this project. 
Yeah. Uh, and that's s- entirely my fault. Nah. No, that one's not your fault. That one's my that, fault. That one's Luke's fault, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. I would, well, I would, I'm willing to take a little blame. We I would could love still release it, but I've been told by Jacob that it should never <laughs> see the light of death. I, that's not exactly what I said. It's pretty much In what I In the light said. of their death, it's maybe completely tasteless. <laughs> Uh, here's the thing you just have to wait for the body to get a little cold you know i personally think so she would have found it flattering i i think i think <laughs> that it, it you could make the argument that it would be if not a fitting tribute then a tribute it to portrays her as powerful yeah fit yes and that's about i mean also evil evil but and powerful and fit that's powerful cool. and fit are two adjectives that pretty much anybody I think would like to be associated with. There you go. Yeah. So keep your ears open for that. Don't hold your breath, but uh, it's out. It's out there. I w- I would really, I think, despite Luke yeah. rightfully saying that I was one of the major proponents of it never being released because of the possible tastelessness of it. I think that there's some dynamite content there that it would be a shame for the listening public not to hear. Yeah, maybe I think maybe yeah. Willie, we can just drop that in into our we should just pitch on <laughs> should we should we just drop it in its entirety into this episode? <laughs> How long would that be? <laughs> It'd be a couple hours. <laughs> we would need to. Right. Well, it would depend I, on how many episodes we released. I think we could just release the final few episodes, which kind of have their own narrative arc, and I think that feature yeah. a guest appearance from Jacob himself. So. And music, right. music by Will. Music by Will. And yeah, I and have to say, music. the the theme song for this podcast is it's just a bop. Yeah, well, you out, you outdid yourself for that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. I, well, now we got it. Now we got to release it. I feel like we kind of got to release it. I think it should be. Yeah, a, it's, a, would you, Would you be comfortable? This is more. This is much more Luke's project than our collective projects. But would you be comfortable with it being released as Pitch Hunt presents? Yeah. Yeah? We could just drop yeah. it in the feed. Okay. Because if we don't yeah. release it that way, I'm going to need to create another website <laughs> to host yeah, it that's, on, you don't which want I that. don't want to do. <laughs> Not you, only I mean, is that expensive, but it's time consuming. I think so. we should just put it at the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you do have a, you have a built-in captive audience of literally ones of listeners. Yeah. yeah. The one listener that listens to our podcast their phone just suddenly gets really warm. They're like, what's going on? I, I had every single one of my apps has gone to iCloud. Like what is, the, what is going on? Oh my God. This episode is 17 hours long. I have 14 terabytes of podcast on my phone right now. Um, with jingles with such high fidelity that it just uses all the, all of the memory on my phone. You are going to have to boost the volume levels for each podcast but like five times will before we post that yeah. anywhere oh i can do that baby that I'll, I, I'll do it i'll that do it I think it's was, coming out tomorrow was probably the the Last main podcast of 2021 <laughs> that was the, what the, the blab sneaks in under the radar <laughs> yeah it's called what the blab <laughs> oh boy all right well now it's out there now it's out there yeah now it's no out let there the genie it, back in the bottle it has to happen and also if you release what the blab before this episode, this is going to be a redundant conversation. But <laughs> also, do- I, I think 
our listeners may appreciate what the blab because my the co-host of this is my friend Peter who is very funny and has a lot yeah. of weird expressions that I think we've all kind of adopted after yeah. I've stolen them from him. So Peter Peter <laughs> you'll, is you'll see in, his influence. Peter is a profoundly funny man. Uh, and I, yeah. I can say that having only really interacted with him a couple of times, he, he left an impression on me. He is very, very funny and should probably, if you would be willing to do so, be on this podcast at some point. That would be a way to to promote what that the blab. That would be quite a tie-in. Huh? I think, yeah. We'll get, him on, we'll get him on him next episode. Right now, Luke? He is a... Yeah, just get him on the phone. Can you get him on speakerphone a... <laughs> right now? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> There's like a 50-50 chance that he's on rotation in the hospital right now because he's a doctor. But Yeah, that's the thing about Peter is that he's both incredibly funny, much funnier than all of us, but he's also a, a, he's a doctor. Yeah. Which is yeah, just dude, like, he believes in the crazy. healing power of laughter. Uh, the next cr- Ken Jong, man. <clears throat> oh, man. I saw you reach for your phone, Luke, and then you, uh, you didn't follow through. <laughs> yeah. Gonna be honest, I got distracted. Yeah, fair enough. But <laughs> we'll, we'll get him on a subsequent episode. Happens. If we can. Yeah. And I, I can also say, like, individually, the three people I know who listen to this podcast will not be offended by making someone recently dead a fictional villain. I don't I don't know if you've listened to those episodes though, Willie. It's true. And also I feel like I haven't. <laughs> The more <laughs> I haven't listened to this at all, the, but I did re- I did write the theme for it. The more we dwell on that, the less acceptable it becomes because it's. No, I don't know. I don't know. Because then it's like we know that we did. It's like we know. We know. Let's just we before the episode plays. Will you'll record a disclaimer that says this was recorded before this person's death. Yeah. Which makes it totally okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll that's what I'll do, and I'll be the one saying it, so you guys don't have to take any exactly any flack from it. Great. I mean, you, you're already the one who's promoting and the also fact I'll, that this won't be offensive for anyone. So. I'll do, and this is the thing. I'll also say in the disclaimer, I have not listened to this podcast ever, so so then I don't get any flack from it either. It's it's a great like no flack situation. Yeah, that's that's ideal. That's perfect. Uh, speaking of situations, yeah. What what type of situation will our pitches be about this week? Will oh man. Oh yeah, it's up to me. It's up to me this week, isn't it? Uh, let's go behind the actor's studio for a moment here. Um, the, uh, about an hour before we got online and started uh, our preparations for this episode, the idea was floated of two different directors that might that have movies out, um, have had movies out recently, certainly within the last few months. Of when this episode eventually is released, <laughs> um, <laughs> and directors that are known and beloved to pitch hunt, um, Steven Spielberg and yep, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro, also friend of the pod, friend of the pod, yeah. Um, and we thought that it would maybe be a spot of fun if instead of deciding which one we would do ahead of time, we just have Will tell us on the episode which uh, director we're going to oh, pitch movies man. for. So that's what's about to happen. That's, I mean, 
I will tell you right away who I would prefer of those two. Um, Don't tell. With great respect. Okay. Oh, oh. Do you want? Do you want me? Am I? Do I? Do you need some foreplay? Well, okay. I've I've had just a couple of ideas right on the fly. One of which being, I don't want you to tell me which director you'd prefer us to do. I would like you to tell us which director we are going to do. Yeah. And the second, be be decisive. The second. The second little inkling is maybe you could decide in your mind and then do your pitch and it'll be up to us to decide which well, one you had chosen. Here, here's my thought on that, Jacob. Yeah, go on. Willie is the master of improvisation. Yes. Pitching this on the fly. Known. Maybe maybe we should, you know, turn the tables for once and have Willie go last since. <clears throat> well, we could all do that. We could all just be like. We could all pitch who, at the same who, time. Who's the director? <laughs> no, 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 Let's no, all I'm talk saying, over each other. <laughs> no, I'm saying we could, we could, we could all just take our pick between Guillermo no. and Steven. Oh, what if we each individually pick one director, any director in the world, make the pitch, and then have the others guess? <laughs> I think who the director is. that would be so so hard. I think that that's a, a really good idea, maybe for another episode. <laughs> Because that will require at least a tiny bit of planning, which we don't really have time for on the air. <laughs> Mine's just going to um, have a lot of foot shots and... Too gore. easy. Mine's just going to have a lot of doves flying in slow motion. <laughs> too easy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys make it. You guys are making it nice. I think... What's wrong with the what's wrong with the we each we each pick we we each pick between Guillermo and Steven What's 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 your reservation My reservation is then it would be this episode would be confusing it would be steven spielberg yeah. or guillermo del toro or that's steven a good, spielberg well, that, no, that's the fun is we guess afterwards I know but oh, I'm just so like we're, we're packaging those ideas You've won me over by using part of my idea, Will. <laughs> I'm back Wait, on board, baby. You're, you're on Will's side now? When did that happen? What he said that we could guess. Are you worried, Jacob? Are you worried that at the ferocious pace with which we release episodes, we're going to run out of ideas? No. And so using two directors the, You know, the other is... thing we could do is that, Jacob, you or I could pick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see how that that helps matters all that much. Well, then, then a, deci- I'm, I'm a, thinking dis- of this a distinct decision will be made. As the person, I was just about to make a decision, and then Jacob was like, "Hold your horses, <laughs> let just, that horse run free, Willie." My last point is going to be that as the person who is responsible for writing the blurb and picking the photo and choosing the title for these episodes, I'm thinking from a lot of work. I'm thinking from a marketing standpoint of how confusing that would be. And it wouldn't be like that confusing, but it would be less than crystal clear. And that's really my last reservation because I think at you its just, core, it's a really good idea. That's true. It would be hard to find a stock photo for all you two need to do directors you, in one episode. You need to find a stock photo of the the of ET covering his face and their eyes in his palms. Yeah, that's, I mean that's fucking that's easy. That's pretty easy. You, it's it's a really good point. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm on your side now, Will. <clears throat> but I don't know that you're on your side anymore. Where where do you? <laughs> yeah, you got it. You guys are like whipping me back and forth. Where do you? Like, where do you stand? Hair. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, I think maybe you should 
think on it, you know? Tell you what, Will. You can think on that for at least, like, a minute, because I have some eggs here that have been getting colder <laughs> by the minute. I completely forgot we were doing that. I cooked these oh, I cooked no. the, I cooked these eggs over an hour ago at this point. <laughs> and we really, we took our time getting to recording, and hey, we're now really taking our time getting into that. back episode, with so. a, a signature pitch hut taste test for you. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Bringing it back. So, <laughs> I got I got some really interesting hot sauce at Christmas, uh, which is called Folly Coffee Hot. Will you're spending this time, by the way, making your decision? Yeah. Okay. I am. Uh, shout out to Folly Coffee Hot Sauce. Uh, I got a bottle of this for Christmas. What it is is, um, it's exactly what it sounds like. I guess it's like hot <laughs> sauce that's coffee flavored. Maybe I haven't hey. tasted it yet. Um, it's made in Minnesota, I guess, which is cool because that's where I live. Just down the road from Minneapolis in St. Louis Park by Folly Coffee Roasters. So this is a hot sauce that's oh. made by a coffee company. You know what? Yeah. Not to throw <laughs> any more complications into this, this situation, but... Please. You know who's from St. Louis Park? And Duncan Cleveland. Oh, a director dude. or two. Oh, oh shit, my dude. god. I do know who is from St. Louis Park and is a pair of directors. For another episode. The Wachowski <laughs> sisters. That's for another episode. That's a great idea, though. All yeah, right. We're... I'm unboxing this hot sauce. It smells like uh, Chipotle. It smells hot saucy. I'm not detecting any hints of coffee whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's weird. It's weird. I it's bet it's going to taste like a mole. It probably. I bet it is going to taste like a mole. Probably will taste like a mole. That's a good call. All right, I'm peppering my eggs with this sauce. Hopefully, it's not too spicy because I do not handle spice all that well as much as I enjoy it. I am very bad at eating spicy things. All right, I'm going to raise this to the camera. I've and if you're listening, fried eggs. If you want to see Jacob after eating this spicy, the one chip challenge. Just tweet at oh. us. He said he wants to do it. <laughs> oh, boy. That's saying And our I, good friend Ted, a friend of the pod, said that for the next Ted on the Thames, he wants in on that, too. I would say that saying that I want to do it would be an overstatement. It's more like I've been bullied into agreeing to do it. But I will do it. If you want us to do it, do tweet at us. All right. Eggs with the hot sauce are going down the hatch. I'm going to get real close to the microphone so that you can hear this that ASMR. very well is that coming through it could be louder for me all right let me Cut get the yeah <clears throat> i'm get the, gonna smack more Jake. i'm gonna get the not pop giving shield me the full brain tingles yet i'm gonna get the the pop shield out of the way first impressions uh i didn't taste it at all okay <laughs> So I'm going to go out on a limb and say egg. it might not be too spicy. Uh, there was a very robust cold egg flavor, yes. <clears throat> the hot sauce flavor, less so. All right, here's the second bite. I got a little bit of a taste of it there. Um, it just... Yeah. It just tastes like a Chipotle hot sauce, if I'm being honest with you. And it's to the point where I feel like I might need to just take a swig of this to get an actually <laughs> good, might, good yeah. taste. 
because what I'm tasting now is just like a smoky, uh, like a very, very faint flavor of a smoky hot sauce. All right, I'm I'm, I'm gonna swig. Oh, I wish he could listen to the sound of Jacob's face. He yeah, is. Jacob seems in a lot of pain. He right is now. all puckered up. Um, <coughs> <laughs> I think he liked it. I actually, despite the face, I actually did like that. It was really tasty. Um, I don't taste the coffee at all, though, which is really confusing. Mm. It tastes like, it's just like a smoky Chipotle hot sauce. It's really nice. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was like a moderately, moderately spicy. Um, yeah. Think, okay. So with the, the aftertaste gave me a, just a little, just the littlest hint of coffee, which I think is probably a good call. You don't want it to be overpoweringly coffee. Yeah. Um, no, you don't. But yeah, I'm going to give that a, I'm going to give that a, a four peppers out of five. Hey. Oh. I like that. And now I'm gonna finish my rating system you just made on the spot. Thank you. I'm gonna finish that cold egg. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, pretty that's gross. That's good looking. stuff. That's good stuff. It was pretty cold, but it's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Very appetizing. Okay. Well, we're 20 minutes in. Should we each get 10 minutes? For our, yeah, we we'll each our get pitch. ten minutes. <coughs> Man, that we'll is. We get. We'll make it real. We'll make it real close. <laughs> we'll make it real tight. Um, and guys, I'm just. I think we should make it simple and just do Guillermo because I think we're all gonna have great Guillermo yeah. pitches. Yeah. I, I I feel like both of you lads are gonna have an easier time with Guillermo than Steven. but maybe really? I'm wrong. I, I I agree, and I think going with one instead of two, taking the less is more approach that that hot sauce company used with the flavor of coffee is the <laughs> exactly. right approach. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree completely. You, might, you can have, how about this? You can put like a little aftertaste of Steven Spielberg <laughs> at the end of your fish. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, mostly I'm, Guillermo. I'm on board. <laughs> I'm fully on board with that. All right. Who's going to start? <clears throat> Excuse me. I think I it should st- be you or me. I can Jake. start. Okay. All right, the year is, uh, boy, I don't know, 1983. We are Good in year. Barcelona, Spain. Um, Good city. The, the rest of this pitch is going to show how little I know about Spain in the 80s, but we're just going to have to roll with that because that's, that's a corner that I've painted myself into. Those were dictatorship days, weren't they? I, I tried to do the 80s because I thought I felt like the 70s were more of the Franco days, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, you, you might be right. I might be right. It doesn't matter. I might be wrong, but here's the thing. It's a Guillermo del Toro I'm just going to call a Spaniard a Spaniard. You just call a Spaniard a Spaniard oh if you want to. And just also... Um, I like that you're saying that about the one place that's prominently trying to leave the rest of Spain. <laughs> Once again, shows oh, how sure, little yeah. shows how little we know about Spain. <laughs> but in the 80s they weren't. You know? In the 80s they weren't. In the 80s they were all about España forever. Um and the, the other thing is this is a Guillermo del Toro world, so you know it's going to be magical realism-y. Um so, you know, whatever was happening then it may be it may jive with what happens in this movie, and it may not. Um, the lead character, oh boy, the lead character in our film is a, an investigative journalist played by 
the lovely, the talented Ana de Armas. Oh, damn. She is... She's an investigative reporter who is... uh, She has grand ambitions. So we see her at work in her apartment. She has an apartment that's papered by uh, newspaper clippings and stories about... um, you know, serious subjects, things that have been, excuse me, just a moment, <clears throat> things that have been happening in Spain, just like some of the biggest stories out of Spain in the last 50 years or so. These are inspiration. She really, we can tell by the way that she is studiously writing and, uh, she, you know, she's got like magnifying glasses lying around. She's got some nice spider plants in there. Uh, maybe a cat, maybe not a cat. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but this is the apartment of somebody who would really love to be taken seriously in the world of investigative journalism. Uh, the phone rings as she's at her desk uh, writing and she picks it up and it is her editor at the paper. And she's excited to hear from the editor because she really wants, she wants some juicy stories, you know, she wants some breadcrumbs to follow. She wants some conspiracies maybe to, to track down. That's the kind of thing that she's into. Um, we don't hear what her editor is saying, but what we find out is that she's disappointed about what her editor, the story that her editor has laid out for her, which is that the Barcelona Football Club is introducing a new mascot. Oh, no. And they want her to cover this story as a fluff piece in the sports section. And she's like, fuck. What does it take to be taken seriously in this industry? Can you tell me that? Can you tell me? And she's maybe talking to her cat. She's like, all I want is to get some <laughs> juicy stories. And this is the shit hey, that I get left with. Could I have a request? Yeah. For the cat? Yeah. Could it be voiced by Antonio Banderas? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the cat, she... The, the her her drive her desire for greatness has it, i guess maybe it made it so that her cat talks to her like it's not entirely clear if this cat can actually talk or if this is just her going crazy because she doesn't get the juicy stories but she's talking to her cat and her cat is absolutely talking back with her in the sexy voice of Antonio Banderas and the cat <laughs> says i'm not going to try to do an Antonio Banderas voice because that is that is dicey territory but the cat tells her, you know what? It's not about getting the big story. It's about making the story big. And she's like, damn, that's such a good point. She's like, you know what? If I pay my dues, if I do what the editor tells me to do, those juicy stories are going to come to me. Um, so she packs her bags. She gets all ready. She goes off to the Barcelona Stadium, which I'm sure has a famous name that I don't know. And she's there, and there's they're holding a press conference. And she comes up with her pad, and she comes up with her microphone. <clears throat> and she's like, could I get a soundbite for the, the Barcelona Daily Mail? And they're like, yeah, we're really happy to announce <laughs> that uh, we got this new mascot. And it's uh, whimsical, and it's fun, and it's a big dog or something. I don't know. I could have looked up what the Barcelona mascot is. Maybe they don't have a mascot. In this movie, they do, and it's a big dog. No, it's not a big dog. dog Have oh, never mind. It's not a big dog. dog. It's not a big dog. It's like a it's like a Sasquatch type of thing. (laughs) Sure, yeah. (laughs) That's a great mascot. 
Could it have kind of like crazy googly eyes like gritty though? Yeah, it definitely has crazy gritty like googly eyes. Um, (laughs) but it's like it's I love crazy googly eyes. It's like Sasquatchy in form and it's like nine feet tall and it's it's both goofy and imposing. And so, you know, she covers the covers the story, she writes up a little piece, she sends it into the editor, and then she goes home and she says to the cat, There is no big story there. Why do you tell me? Why did you tell me that I had to make any story big instead of looking for the big story? And the cat is like, well, you never know, you know, you, you never really know when a story is going to be big. And she pours herself a, a glass of some liquid that's alcoholic and she downs it and she goes to bed. Um, and she Dang. she wakes up the next morning and she's still kind of she's in a funk because last night was kind of humiliating for her having to yeah. write that story. And because you don't get a good night's sleep after alcohol. And because you don't get a good night's sleep after alcohol. And she is suffering the effects of the alcohol that she had imbibed last night. She's feeling groggy. Her liver is throbbing. And she yeah. says... Mm, nothing like a f- throbbing liver <sighs> to make a morning bed. That's absolutely what she said she thinks to herself. And that's absolutely what she says to her cat, too. And the cat says, you know what? is the best hangover cure going for a good walk. Um, and she goes, she's like, you know what? That's actually a pretty good point. So she goes out for a walk to get some fresh air. She goes, she gets some coffee. She's walking around the streets and she's drawn back to the Barcelona stadium for some reason. She's just like, you know, I got to go back there. Even though I was humiliated there yesterday, I have to, I have to face my humiliation. That's what's going to make me a stronger journalist and a stronger woman. And that's what is going to sort me out. And she walks over. And as she gets closer, she notices that there are police cars that are around the stadium. And she's like, what? Uh, what's going on? And so she sneaks in there. She like she whips out her little, her little notepad because she always keeps it with her because she is a journalist. And she wants to investigate stuff. And she sidles up to a policeman. It's like, what's going on here? He's like, oh, there's nothing to see here. Somebody died here last night, but don't worry about that. She's like, well, <laughs> I was here last night. Like, what, what happened? And he's like, ah, I can't really talk to members of public, so, you know, you can just move along. And she's like, but I'm a journalist, and I want to get to the bottom of the story. And he's like, tough, tough cookies. I'm not going to tell you anything. I don't care if you're a journalist. <laughs> Oh man! And, uh, Sounds like a sexist pig. <laughs> this guy's a real pig. He he looks like a pig. He's like a, a he's kind of like a, a pig human. He's like a halfway between. He's a like pig Porco and a Rosso. Human. He's like Porco Rosso. I yeah. believe it's in uh, in Spain. Yeah, El Pig. <laughs> <laughs> she looks at him. She looks him dead in the eye, and she says, "Why well, you're nothing but a no good, mean old El Pig." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he great dialogue yeah dude uh and so he's like yeah whatever move along and so she moves along but she doesn't really move along is the secret she she pretends that she's gonna move along but then she sneaks behind a car and she goes into the stadium into the into oh, the con into like the the tunnels beneath the stadium and she's like i'm gonna get to the bottom of this because i'm an investigative journalist and i always oh, yeah. get the story or i would like to yeah, yeah 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 and so when she gets in there she is sneaking around and there's like some flickering lights and it's like real moody and atmospheric and it's real dark and she's like in these tunnels that she's not supposed to be in 
Um, and she walks along this tunnel, and then she looks up at this grate. And by the grate, wouldn't you know it, there is the body and is surrounded by people who are, like, doing an autopsy or whatever they do. And these people are like, it's the weirdest thing. This is a man who it seems totally fine, but his liver and his gallbladder have been removed. So there was an incision that was made, and those things were removed. And other than that, the body was untouched, and this dude is now, like, dead as fuck. Whoa. Which 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 you would be if you like had you know your organs torn out, but it's like it's the weird part of it is that that's all they did is they just like took his organs out because yeah. like that is what's weird. going on there. Yeah. Um. And so she like gets this great scoop down, and then like she accidentally knocks over a, an urn or something that's down in the tunnel, and it clatters, and then they're like, "What is going on?" They they go down, put their faces to the grate, and they look, but she's already gone. <laughs> Classic tunnel urn. <laughs> She's already gone. Is there another dead guy in that urn? <laughs> There's no dead guys in that urn at all. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, she goes back to her apartment. And she's like, now this, this might be something, but it's just one death. Um, and so she pours herself a drink <laughs> and she goes to bed <laughs> and she wakes up in the morning and her liver is throbbing in the morning and she has a hangover and the cat's like, you know, the drill, a good walk will sort that out. And she's like, it did kind of make it better yesterday. So she... Goes back out, gets another coffee, reads the newspaper to see if there's anything in the newspaper about this mysterious death. But there's nothing, you know. It's Barcelona, baby. People are dying all the time. Something like that doesn't make the papers. Um, And she goes back to the same spot at the Barcelona Stadium that she was yesterday. There's nothing going on there. And she's like, damn, I was hoping that maybe there was a serial killer afoot or something. But it doesn't look like that. She's just like, I'll just walk around the whole stadium. And she gets to the other side of the stadium. And there's police there. <laughs> oh. And she's like, what's going on? And the police officer's like, hey, I remember you. You called me El Pig yesterday. Get out of here. I don't want anything to do with you. And he spits at her. And it, oh, man. And it sucks. And she's like, you're the worst El Pig I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. And then, I mean, seriously. And then she like very purposefully takes out her notepad. And like writes down his number, and then he's like, "Ooh, you don't scare me. You're just a you're just a wannabe journalist." She's like, "One day, I'll be the best journalist there ever was, and I'll take you down." And he's like, "Whatever." And so she does the same trick where she sneaks behind a car, and then she goes down into a into a tunnel, finds another tunnel somehow, and she is walking through the tunnel and gets to another little grate, and the fucking the same thing is happening. They're like, it's the same coroner guys. And they're like, man, another dead guy and another liver and gallbladder removed. Mm. And the rest of the body is like not harmed. It's almost like they're targeting those organs. <laughs> Dude, that's what exactly what the coroner says. He's like, I'm no detective. <laughs> but if I was, I would say it's almost like the killer is targeting those organs. Um. And then she knocks over another urn. And they're like, oh, my God, another God. urn getting knocked down. Either this stadium is the biggest rats ever. Or there's somebody who's trying to spy on us. And they look down and she's gone. She runs back to her apartment and she starts putting up one of those boards with red string on it. And uh, well, there's a picture of a liver. She's about to f- solve a case. There's a picture of a liver. There's a picture mm, of a gallbladder. There's a picture of the you Barcelona You know what they say stadium. about 
having an apartment with cats and yarn. <laughs> this is going to be a tricky investigation. <laughs> so, so she's she's pouring over this investigation board that has the three things: the liver, the gallbladder, and the Barcelona. But then there's just like a space, and there's a big question mark, and she's like, "I feel like I'm missing one piece to this puzzle, and when I break it, it's going to be the biggest story that there ever was." And she pours herself a drink. And she goes to bed, and she wakes up in the morning, and her liver's hurting. And her cat's like, you know what they say. And then, like, there'll be a great line there, but I can't think of one. And then she's like, wow, that's profound and deep. That is a really good point. I'll keep that in. I'll take that into consideration. She goes out, goes back, gets coffee, goes back to the stadium, walks all the way around the stadium. Nothing's happening. And then she... uh She's like, man, I really hoped that there would be another dead guy. Like, it's a bad thing to say. I, I admit it's bad for me to hope for there to be dead guys. But, like, I feel like I'm so close to cracking this case. Um, but there's nothing there. So she goes, to, goes back to the coffee shop, and she runs into an old friend. And she talks to this old friend. This old friend is a, it's a friend from college, her old college roommate. And she's like, hey, college roommate, I haven't seen you in years. How's it going? And the college roommate's like, oh, it's, it's not going so gr- bad. It's not so in- going so great. I just got a job with a Barcelona football team. And Anna's like, no way. Here's the deal. I'm trying to track down a lead about some of the weird stuff that's going on at the Barcelona football stadium. And the friend's like, what are you talking about? There's nothing weird going on. I don't know what anybody's been oh, telling you, no. but there's nothing weird going on at the Barcelona football stadium. So I just back off if I were you. And Anna's like, whoa, back in college, you used to be so chill, and now you're shitty. I hate that about you. And then she storms out of the coffee house, only more determined to get to the bottom of this. Days pass. Weeks pass. We see calendar, the calendar thing, you know, where like it's a one a day calendar and she's like flicking them off. Yeah. And she like yeah. she's piling them up in the corner of her desk. And like we're getting little snippets of her, you know, going back, snooping around. Sometimes there's a dead person. Sometimes there's no dead person. But she just can't she can't put the pieces together until one day she decides, you know, I've been going during the day every time to the Barcelona stadium and sometimes there're dead bodies there and sometimes there aren't. But whatever's going on isn't happening during the day because I'm always there after what's happened has happened. Right? Oh man, this is such and she's a like she's talking yeah. she's telling this to the cat and the cat's like, you know, I'm just a cat. I wish I would have come up with that idea because I could have told you that a long time ago and I could have saved you a lot of time and effort. And she's like, yeah, you're still a great friend, though. I love you, cat. And the cat's like, thanks. I also love you because you give me food. Um, And it's really nice. Um, And so that night, instead of having a drink and going to bed like she normally does, she doesn't have a drink and she stays up. And she is looking over her board Still just gallbladder, liver, and stadium on there. And she's like, this is the night that I'm going to figure out what the connection is. And so in the dead of night, she sneaks out. And she sneaks out about town. She gets on her bicycle. She's bicycling along. And there's, like, stuff happening in the city. You know, as it does, there's a guy who's getting thrown out of a bar, like, almost gets thrown into her bike. And she's like, whoa, 
watch it. I'm biking here. Um, <laughs> Classic Barcelona. And uh, <laughs> she goes past the coffee shop and she's like, I like coffee, but it's nighttime. So it makes sense that it's closed. And then she's biking past like a restaurant and there are like a, a couple of lovers who are sharing true love's first kiss. And she's like, oh, that's nice. But I don't have time for that because I'm going to be the world's best <laughs> investigative journalist. And so she keeps pedaling and she makes it to the stadium and she can, she can see that there's one light on in the stadium um, on the ground floor. And she sneaks over there and she looks and in the illuminated room is the mascot. It's the mascot that she had been covering the beginning of at the beginning of the movie. And she's like, what? What's a mascot doing at the stadium at night? And so there's also a door that's by the window. And she like sneaks in and she like hides under a desk. And the mascot doesn't see her. And then the mascot leaves the room. And she's like, I got to follow this guy. Because maybe that big question mark on my board should have this mascot on it. Maybe he's the key. Is the mascot fully decked out? Still? He's fully decked out. Or is out. it like, do we see the guy's face underneath the costume? Or no, we never like see that? the guy's face. He's keeping the costume on. Um, okay. And she's like, that's also a weird thing. It seems like it would be easier for him to see and move around if he took the mascot costume off. But he's not doing that. So she follows him, um, and he goes into the tunnels, and she follows him into the tunnels, and she's being real sneaky and quiet, and she, by now, knows all the tricks of not knocking over an urn to make a crashing sound. So she, like, sees one. Well, yeah, she's been at it for a while. She has been. She's been at it for weeks at this point. So she walks past an urn, and she looks at it, and she's like, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, I'm not going to knock you over. (laughs) And then she keeps going. She's, like, hiding behind stuff, and the mascot, like, pops up through a trap door, and... It's like really high up because his mascot suit is really tall, which I guess makes him able to reach taller stuff. And she's like, oh shit, oh shit, whatever's going down is probably going down right now, but I can't get up to that trapdoor because I'm not nine feet tall. So she stacks up a bunch of urns and then she uses them like a ladder and she opens up the trapdoor and pops her head out and there's the mascot and he is using the mascot claw to make an incision on a dude and he puts his hand in and with incredible surgeon-like accuracy plucks out the gallbladder and liver and then if that's not enough he pulls out a jar and he squeezes those bad boys and he squeezes it into a jar and it's at this point that she like goes to a flashback and she's like at the beginning of all this I researched the liver and gallbladder and what do those things have in common? That's where bile comes from, baby. <gasps> Turns oh, no. out that bile is produced in the liver and stored in the gallbladder. So he must be squeezing bile into this jar, but what's he using it for? And so, like, she's doing all this thinking, and then, like, all of a sudden he sees, he doesn't see her, but he notices that something's amiss. So he just takes off, and he's running, and he's running. She's running after him. And he goes into the secret janitor's closet. And inside the secret janitor's closet, there's a big barrel. And he pours the bile into the barrel and he grabs it. And he's like, he's trying to get out of there because he's been discovered. So he grabs this barrel and he's he's running, he's running, he's running. 
and he goes into like the most secret trapdoor tunnel of them all that like is so secret that you can't even tell that it was going to be a trapdoor and that there would be a tunnel underneath it and he goes in it and he's closing it because he thinks that maybe he's lost his pursuer but he hasn't she sticks her foot out and she stops it she's like I'm going to give him a couple seconds to get away because I don't want him to know that I'm following him yet and then she goes down there and he's running along this tunnel but it's like something's weird about this tunnel but she can't process what's weird about it because she's just like trying to keep up with him but like it looks like weird and different from all the other tunnels and it's got like weird lights that look maybe more modern or like different than the other lights in the other tunnels and it's like really long and she and it's long and winding and she's like trying to catch up with him and trying to catch up with him and she's just seeing snatches of him ahead of her as he goes around corners and then all of a sudden boom she goes into this giant room it's like absolutely massive she's been going down into the earth this whole time and at the bottom in this big room there's a spaceship no no Yes. No. no. There's a no. spaceship. No. And here's no. our mascot guy. And he's got a big funnel. And he's using this bile. And he's putting it in the spaceship. And as soon as he does it, there's a hand that sticks out of the spaceship window that looks like a Sasquatch <laughs> hand that gives, it a, gives him a big thumbs up. And then the Sasquatch <laughs> jumps onto the spaceship. And the and the the, the roof above opens up and we get an aerial shot and the entire Barcelona stadium thing goes like opens like giant hangar doors and the spaceship shoots up into the sky through the field into the air and flies away and Anna is left at the bottom in the deep dank catacomb with the story of a lifetime <laughs> and I think maybe that's the end of the movie <laughs> that's it felt conclusive to me. <laughs> yeah, a very Spielberg ending, too. <laughs> yeah. Just an aftertaste. But a really nice one. Thank you. You, you got the brief perfectly. I'm not, I'm not sure if it was Guillermo-y enough. It was like set in a Spanish... It was, very it was set in a like, Spanish language country. That's. I think that's what does it. Because the visuals <laughs> the are really important. Like the... The Sasquatch is gonna look yeah. like a Guillermo Sasquatch. It's gonna you look know, fucking gnarly. You and know it's that. Also, I you mean, know like that. The, you know that Doug Jones is gonna be in that Sasquatch suit. Oh yeah. You just you just know the it. Tall, gangly Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah, with googly eyes. That's my kind of Squatch for sure. And he's uh, and he's doing a cru- a horrible procedure, like bloody procedure. That's very Guillermo as well. All right. I yeah. I'm I'm glad that it, it met the criteria. Um I will be back in like three minutes because <laughs> I gotta feed Annie her liver meds. Okay. The, oh my all God. the all the mention of liver reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> Should Well, I sh- I ship it, Jacob. We, we can cut to we can cut to uh, the, the, the jingle while Luke does that. Okay, I was going to say you could just start your pitch, but we could also just wait for Luke I to get back. I could do that. Yeah, yeah, why not? Well, I, I mean, we're, we're running at 48 minutes right now. <laughs> Might as well. Go for it. I mean, I, I was also going to say I, I could go to the bathroom. Like, I don't, I, I will probably be able to make it. To yeah, the why end not? Go to the All bathroom. Right, I'll go to the bathroom. I'll uh, be back so soon i'm gonna go get another i'm gonna go get another bevy okay i'm gonna go get another bevy i'll catch you on the flip side all right, we'll just, 
Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Leave this in. <laughs> Listen. Listen. to know well this was all perfectly timed so i think it's gonna be really easy to edit that awesome all right well uh you're welcome for keeping mine to 10 minutes as promised <laughs> yeah yeah right on the dot luke you want to go next yeah um thinking we got a real kind of spooky looking man yeah playing the lead how spooky that's basically what i've got so far Pretty spooky. Oh, nice. Yeah? Like maybe Christopher Walken and then crank it up a notch. Like Christopher Walken oh, mixed man. with Steve Buscemi. Like like, like Christopher Runnin. <laughs> hey! <laughs> can it be... That was really uh, good. Can your lead characters be twin brothers played by Christopher Walken and John Voight? Yep. Okay. Oh, man. John Voight. Yeah, sure can. Sure can. So... Is he alive? The twins, Christopher and John Voight, are out for their daily stroll together. They live in neighboring apartments. They're both authors. um, And every year, like clockwork, they both publish their own unique work of fiction. And every year, like clockwork, they both hit the bestsellers list at a tie for number one for the exact same number of copies sold. Nice. So they're both really good at what they do. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're pretty solitary aside from this walk that they take. And because they're both such masters of acting, you can tell just from their their glances and the way they walk and look at each other that they care for each other a lot. Even though they're, you know, mostly just isolated, they still just like being near each other. Um, And that's when John Voight gets hit by a bus and dies. Oh, no. no. That's like right away. <laughs> right away. Um, oh. Yeah. Shit. It's pretty messed up. Is that the end of the that movie? It's very messed up. Um, then to piggyback off your joke, Will, Christopher goes from walking to running to his body that's mangled in the street <laughs> in hopes that if he just gets there... <laughs> It's a good juxtaposition of a hilarious joke and a, like the worst tragedy imaginable. <laughs> yeah. Well, he doesn't get there in time. He's real dead. Uh, um, which isn't too surprising. That bus how, really wrecked him. How much do we see of it, like of his body? Oh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. It's oh, like he's no. a gusher and he pops. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, so he's pretty uh, dead. <laughs> so um, he's like, it's been, it's like those commercials where his head is a fruit. Yeah. <laughs> his head balloons for a second and then oh. explodes. Oh my god. <laughs> Which is what happens when you get hit by a bus. This is so look I have both to say, ways. This is exactly like Guillermo del Toro's movies. I was gonna say it's gonna be a real tough one to sneak past the MPAA. <laughs> this is gonna be NC seventeen within the first four minutes yeah i guess we can have a censored version and then the the unrated director's cut which is where the goods are okay and because this is guillermo it's all practical effects so that'll be fun too. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how he does it but he'll I figure it out i really want to think about how he does it to be honest with you i thought about it for a second and there's just no good way to do that yeah yeah. Uh, you you got to use some pumps. There's some pumps involved. Uh, yeah. There's some pumps involved. A, um, yeah. So Christopher, we flash forward to him many, many months later. And um, he's disheveled, looks terrible. Clearly, this has been hard on him because John Voight meant a lot to him in addition to looking identical to him. Um they had a real emotional connection and a professional connection, and it's manifested in extreme writer's block. Mm. And his uh, yearly mm. deadline is coming up. His, his editor gives him a call, kind of jolts him from his uh, little, like, restless day nap that he's taking because he can never sleep anymore. And uh, his editor's like, hey, buddy. Um <laughs> <laughs> thought I'd have a, a little draft from you at this point, yeah? And he looks down at the, the stack of papers for his manuscript, and it's pretty thin. Maybe we're talking 20 pages or so. Oh, it's not and enough. he tells the, the editor, uh, oh, man, I can't do a Christopher Walken. Willie, can you? Or Jacob? I've oh. I've been trying to write, but I just don't have the ideas flow like they used to when my brother was before he was hit by that bus and burst like a gusher in front of me. I can't you know? tell. You if, know? Yeah. I, I can't tell if you sound exactly like Christopher Walken or exactly like John Voight, but <laughs> it's brilliant either way. <laughs> I tried to split the difference because I feel like they it would rub off on one another. Yeah. But so yeah. the editor's like, okay, well, by week's end at the latest, I need a draft from you, all 350 pages like we talked about. And Christopher says, Jacob? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be <laughs> tough. You know, I've been having a hard time, as I said, because my my brother, he died in front of my eyes. It was traumatic, and it has caused me to have a hard time writing. And the editor's just like, sure, buddy, sure. Well, you know, your, your brother was important, and his emotions are important, but deadlines are deadlines, you know. So I look forward to seeing those 350 pages. And he hangs up. And, uh... <laughs> So in addition to Christopher, like, just muttering to himself about how this guy's a, a heartless pen, pencil pusher, uh, he's like, 
but you know, I have a contract on the line and my reputation too. So I got to figure out how to write this book. Um, but try as he might, he just can't freaking do it. Um, he'll write a page. We get a little montage of him trying to type and, uh, he'll like type a whole page and then crumple it up, throw it out, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. There'll be like a moment where he stubs his finger on the space bar and (laughs) gets to shake his hand and go get some ice for it. And (laughs) it'll be stuff like that. Just everything is keeping him from writing. Oh my God. Um, and then he falls asleep one night, just kind of head up against the typewriter and jolts awake when he hears his doorbell ring. He goes to the door, right? And it's this woman in a nice-looking pantsuit played by someone pretty spooky-looking, I'd say. Like a female Christopher Walken, but kick it up a notch. (laughs) Uh, Maybe Tilda Swinton. What about Angelina? That's the only thing I'm thinking. Angelina of. Jolie in a bunch of uh, makeup. Yeah, like the I want to say magnificent, but I know it's maleficent. Maleficent, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. that, like in the, that, like the, in magnificent. The cheekbones done up even higher and more pointy. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it, Kate Blanchett. Oh yeah. Can it be twins? Yeah. Can it be triplets? It could be twins. Yeah, tri- triplets, triplets played by Tilda Swinton. Angelina Each with cheekbones higher than the last. <laughs> and they show up at the door, and the one in the center extends her hand, and it's clutching a contract of some kind. Mm. And she's like, "Sign here for your brother's manuscript." Whoa. He's been keeping this under lock and key, but he bequeathed it to you. So he signs, because the old John Hancock, which also happens to be his character's name. <laughs> and then... John Voight Hancock. <laughs> yeah. Um, takes the manuscript. There are way more pages than his manuscript, first of all. Um, it looks like it's close to that 350 mark. And he starts reading it, and he, we just see his his face kind of drop because he knows that this is so much better than what he's been trying to write and what he's capable of writing right now. And he exclaims, Jacob. My God, my brother <laughs> was a genius. It's almost like <laughs> his talent was superior to mine, and somehow in his death... That talent that he was transferring to me through our special twin-like bond has evaporated. But luckily, this manuscript still exists. But dare I put my own name on it? Yeah, that's the question, (laughs) isn't it? That's the question. (laughs) Okay. (sighs) Great performance by him in this, by the way. Luke wasn't even considering that, but you just totally <laughs> blown open the possibilities for his own pitch. I just, as you were talking, even though I'm looking at you through this this virtual meeting, Jacob, you just vanished. You know, I just, I saw it. I saw the scene playing out. And that's what it's all about here on Pitch Hunt. You but anyway. believe it. Um, what should he do? He says... To himself again. And, uh... <laughs> he... 
we hear him say to himself that he's he's gonna have to turn in this manuscript you know he sits down at the typewriter tries to put the finishing touches on it there are only a few more pages to go um and he kind of like goes through this little montage of what's been happening in the story in his mind we see him imagining the the scene set out before you and it's a story kind of self-referentially he thinks it's about his brother um about a an author living alone in an apartment and everything he writes comes to life oh my god and oh my god he notices as he cracks his fingers and sets to type that words are just appearing on the page before him that his very actions are being narrated by the paper and that he is in fact the subject of the story no oh my no. god and if his brother was ever writing it he's now writing it from beyond the beyond grave, the grave. Uh. so yeah i guess not really prepared for what comes after this yet, but <laughs> but it's got to be a little Steven Spielberg. You'll get there. It's got to be a little Steven Spielberg. So I think what what happens is that this Christopher Walken is determined to get to an end of this story that makes sense, but he realizes that in order to do that, he has to live an ending to this story that makes sense, and in effect, he has to write it himself. By living those those moments, because then they will appear on the page. What if he wrote an ending where it turned out his brother was alive the whole time, and then in a monkey paw like scenario, his brother comes to his door, but it's like the the decomposed corpse of his brother, and he has to live with the fact that he is he is awakened this monstrosity. Mm-hmm. I I do really like that. Because, yeah, I think part of it that I kind of forgot was that I wanted um, the fact that he was kind of in control of this whole story to be like whatever he imagines he can make happen. So there could be yeah. some fantasy elements creeping in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do really like that direction. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, there's a, there's a story where that happens, but I'm, for, I'm blanking on it now. Inkart? Yeah. Inkheart. I think it is Inkheart. Oh, man, I loved yeah. that book way back in the day. Great book. Really good Isn't book. that book Spanish, too? Or maybe I not? Think I think so. Isn't that Allende? No. Cornelia no. Funke. Carn- Funk? Cornelia Funke. Uh, that sounds pretty Germanic <laughs> to me. Yeah. I think she read The Book Thief, too, which was also great. Yes, I think you're right. Good books. Good books. Good, books. good writer. And, yeah, well, we're going to team Guillermo up with her to make this. That's awesome. Nice. This adult nice. ink art. That's adult ink art. That would be that would be uh, Guillermo's jam. I think adult ink art. Oh, for sure. I do too. Also, as I was pitching this, I got the sense that maybe I pitched a version of this before, or one of us <laughs> has, and I just stole it from you. Um, I think you gotta just. I don't think so. I think. I mean, there are elements of. I mean, there there are lots of movies that are made about like yeah. uh, like Barton Fink comes to mind about like a movie yeah. about a writer struggling to write and also other types of movies where it's like adaptation, like writing a story about oneself. But I think it's a, it's a very interesting concept that it's not really, you haven't stolen it. It's just a, a deep well to draw from. There could also be a That's lot true. of really it's good, a... like processing of grief that could happen through the, 
like the the finishing of the story. He's like he has to write the story in a way that the ending makes him able to move on and continue living oh, his life. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is actually this is another you've you've pitched a bunch of really straight fastballs that are just fucking brilliant. Yeah. Recently, Luke, and this is another one of those. <laughs> Could actually be a movie, you know. It was very unfinished, but <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> it's I, I love the. Pr- Thank you. It's an uncut gem that can could easily be polished into a beautiful diamond. The the thing is, like Netflix would take it, you know, like, <laughs> like 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 a couple years ago, Adam McKay was just talking to David Sirota and was like, "What if a comet came close to the Earth and nobody cared about it? It's like global warming." And then they made a whole fucking movie about it, and like it's you know it's a movie. Yeah, yeah. So like I don't know. Like I, I think I think it doesn't really matter anymore. I think we're 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 pitching with the greats at this point. <laughs> That's true, you know. But I think it only works with Guillermo. Yeah. Or only works possibly Stephen coming in to direct the last few scenes. Maybe Stephen yeah. could take over when the brother realizes that the book is being written about him. Ooh. He could direct like those the fiction scenes that we see through his eyes. Yeah, I like that. You know, it could be like uh, the um, that that Bob Dylan movie where there's multiple directors. Yeah, wasn't that more that Bob's there were like a bunch of different actors who played Bob Dylan? Were there also <laughs> maybe it was just different actors? I, I thought it was different directors. It, as well, it could well have not. been that each actor had a yeah. different director. I, I don't know. Or, or VHS. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the only things I can think of that have multiple directors. It's weird that it doesn't get done more often, huh? I guess it'd be kind uh, of a mess. It might be. I think the Coen Brothers did one. They did like an. Wasn't there an anthology movie? The ba- the Ballad of Buster Scruggs is like an anthology movie, but didn't that movie rules? They, di- they directed all of them, didn't they? I there's think like they a, did. Yeah, they did direct all of them. A fil- it might just be a short film anthology, but there's a Steve Buscemi short where he's sitting in a Parisian subway that they did as part of like a larger project. I think. Hmm. I believe that. Well, it. you should link that to me at some point once you figure it out. I should probably pitch something. Yeah, though, huh? we gotta ship. Yeah, we gotta maybe. ship that first. Oh yeah, we gotta ship. We gotta. Sh- we, I man, Luke, you're 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 at the top of your I, game. Considering we only do like one one of these every couple months, you're in prime form. I I, I hate Thanks, to really. I hate to do this, Luke, but you didn't ever ship my my pitch, and you don't have to. <laughs> But just for a, a, a record keeping, from a ref, record oh, keeping standpoint, of course I should. Okay, okay, thank you. What? Yeah. Sasquatch check. Anade Armas check. Yeah. Guillermo check. Whoever plays El Pig, probably big check. Oh, that's it's, Jacob. Are you the only one with a perfect record? A, at this point? I might. Be. A real life Puss in Boots. I think. Check. <laughs> I think that Javier Bardem plays El Pig. I was I was oh, imagining I was imagining him as El Pig. Somebody didn't ship all of us. I think Maddie refused to ship any of ours one time. Oh, Maddie definitely didn't. No, I think she shipped Jacob. I don't think she shipped mine because she very rightly pointed oh. out that I had basically <laughs> pitched a trailer. <laughs> there was there was not nearly enough substance for a movie Wait, in my pitch. Did we even publish that episode though? 
Uh, maybe uh, not. I've, so I've, Jacob, <laughs> you're still safe, man. <laughs> that never happened. We didn't actually. That never happened. It never happened. That <laughs> never happened. That's right. Oh man, I'm forgetting about. Yeah, her audio got how... deleted. I think that that was the episode that was lost to the sands yeah. of time. It's one of 15 episodes that we've lost. <laughs> there's a whole. There's a whole. There's a whole. Uh, you're only hearing the tip of the iceberg, folks. We we lose almost half of our episodes. <laughs> Please recommend your friends to listen to our podcast We'd really love it It would mean a lot if they give us a shot It don't take a lot of thought to listen to our podcast We're just talking And sometimes there's songs Alright, Willie Okay, well, we're all shipped And now now I think it's time for Willie to go It's time for Willie to bring us home Um so you have our uh, our main uh, character, and her name is uh, Raquel. Um, yeah, and she's a she's a a pioneering working woman um, in Madrid. Uh, nice. At the at uh, in in sort of the uh, <sighs> like um, early early 1900s spain nice <laughs> sure like around 19 around 1917 1918 boy lots there. going on in europe at that time period <laughs> um <laughs> yeah <laughs> lots going on in europe um uh and she's a writer of some sort <laughs> um she that no she's actually an editor she's an editor um for a newspaper um but she kind of just does fairly menial like she's she's just kind of a copy editor doing sort of fairly menial work um on like advertisements and stuff like that um and uh she has a a co-worker uh named uh ricardo (laughs) um who is uh who's also a copy editor you know and they kind of just they're kind of they don't they don't get enough respect around here they got kind of got chips on their shoulders so you know they often get lunch together to kind of bitch and moan about their about their their menial jobs um uh and then uh so um what happens uh is um unfortunately because it's 1917 um there's a big pandemic. Um, oh no! The Spanish flu. Oh, no. <laughs> happens. Um. So so uh, they're all forced to uh, do work from home <laughs> because because in this ma- magical realist universe they uh, have a way to work from home. Um. And. Uh, and uh ricardo he's kind of an older gentleman he's he's got he's he's a little balding and you know he's uh sort of got a a wizened old face um and uh he has a he has a wife and they've they've just given birth to their first son um and uh it's the it's in the midst of this pan this pandemic so things times are hard you know and raquel uh, you know, is is working from home, and uh, uh, and <laughs> all of uh, the newspaper unfortunately goes out of business because they uh, they didn't receive enough 
um, government stimulus. Uh, uh, <laughs> enough loans. What was the work from home culture like, just in general, back then? <laughs> What was the what? What was that work from home culture like in general? The work from well, so they um they have these sort of steampunk uh little workstations where they they like crank this sort of like almost like phonograph crank and then they can communicate with each other. It's almost like a telegram sort of um where they can communicate with one another, but they also have like uh, like a I guess the crank is not a phone. It's like more of a um. Uh, what's, what's like one of those sort of like early, early video, um, cameras that sort of has like wax paper that just like, Uh, (laughs) you know, and they, and, 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 and that, and it, there's like a sort of a, a series of pneumatic tubes. Hell yeah. I was hoping you were going to say that. that (laughs) Sends the video to other people's homes. They they did this all very quickly to to so that their economy could keep working during the pandemic. <laughs> so, um, so frame by frame, you unpack the message yeah. from each individual tube and like put it into a flipbook and watch it. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, and sometimes people's sometimes people's cats like or 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 whatever like or or there's crying babies or whatever start start making a lot of noise as and and people have to remind them like oh you're you've still got your telegram microphone (laughs) going you got to turn that shit off (laughs) um so that's kind of how it works that's a good question (laughs) great response (laughs) the world building here is really good yeah they don't they don't get quite enough um Paycheck protection loans from the from the the federal um, Spanish government, so their newspaper goes out of business, and so they're forced to go work for other newspapers. But um, you know, as the as the as the Spanish flu starts to subside, they're they're starting to like get a little bit of herd immunity. Um, they're able to to come out of their their homes briefly and um, sometimes get lunch with each other and 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 things things like that, you know, just to catch up on the old times, bitch about their, their menial work and at their different newspapers now. Heck yeah. Um, so anyway, um, then one day after, after their, their, their sort of monthly lunch together, Raquel, uh, a pigeon alights on Raquel's, um, stoop. Um, and it's got, a uh, it's got a, a like a, a small scroll affixed to its, to its um talons um, and, and she's like well that, that's weird uh i haven't i haven't gotten a it, this is this is an unexpected text that i've gotten yeah. um, the pneumatic tube of the sky as they call them <laughs> and, and so um she looks at this at this this small she un, unspools this uh to this um you know it does come through a pneumatic tube. She uh, that sounds way cooler. Than thing, <laughs> <right>? um, <laughs> she opens that shit up and looks at it, and it's it's from Ricardo. And she's like, oh, and she she reads it, and 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 it says, De- uh, dearest Raquel, um, I uh, have have was not i i enjoyed our luncheon today but uh could was trying to tell you something but did not find the the right time to tell you um 
but uh, I have been missing you a lot as a coworker, as a friend, and I've been missing you romantically. Oh. For you see, I've been harboring feelings for you for many a year, and I um, was wondering if you perhaps felt the same. And Raquel immediately recoils at, at, this, at this message, for you see, Ricardo is uh, a married man, yeah. and uh, and 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 she is uh, not at all interested in this in this yeah. older gentleman. Who, is she also a who, nun? <laughs> um, she's not a nun. She's she's just uh, she's just she's 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 got a she's got a she's got her own kind of love budding love interest. She's got some side action um, going on, or some main action. She's got some side action going on um, with a with a local musician. Oh, Henry um, has to play him. He yeah, has Henry, to. <laughs> yeah, play, played by played, of course by Enrique Iglesias, <laughs> um, and so um, and so she she's not interested at all. So immediately she. Uh. She just turns it around and she 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 writes back, "I'm not at all interested, and I will be re- informing your wife about this untoward uh, 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 proposition um, advancement." Yeah, proposition. Um, uh, and and shoves it back in the pneumatic tube, and off it goes. Damn. Um, so so um, no, yes. never mind. It's, go on. It's not really worth asking. Are there pneumatic <laughs> so anyway. tubes that go from like every dwelling to every other dwelling? Is this gonna is this gonna be <laughs> yeah, a direct? It's just you can't even see the fucking <laughs> Madrid sky when you go outside. There's just a tangle of tubes, Man, it um, is. which it makes this uh, a very whimsical area. Um, it's one way. That would look really cool, constructed by Guillermo. Though it would look really. Cool. I honestly think it would. It would be incredibly dystopian but very cool i don't know if whimsical would be the word that i would use (laughs) yeah it's gonna look dark as heck yeah (laughs) it's gonna look dark as hell dude um so then um anyway um uh so so you know uh, some time passes um she is uh considering about a week before uh sending a pneumatic tube over to ricardo's wife um uh, but 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 on the eve of her being about to to send this this dastardly information, um, this you know this 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 real uh what's the word lurid lurid information, um she's she opens up the paper the 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 morning paper, um and she sees front page, um, the 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 headline um local harlot propositions. Um, a, a a a a an innocent copywriter. Oh. Um, who's married? Um, and and she and 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 she finds out that Ricardo has actually, um, used his his copy editing skills to actually create uh, a bit of yellow journalism, no. saying that she was actually the one who propositioned him. No. This is so, why people don't anyway. trust the news. <laughs> this is why people don't. Tr- yeah. You know, and like, People like yeah. Ricardo. This is a this is the origin story of fake news. Yeah, well, it says actually, it says as the as the sort of like first lead, it's like this is not fake news. So people, damn, know, you know, that this is this that this is this is this for is real the real news. deal, man. Oh, um, that sucks. So hey, well, so uh, Raquel- before you proceed, quick question about the tubes. 
Yeah. If you're like <laughs> romantically interested in someone, mm-hmm. what would what would you call sliding into the DMs <laughs> when we're talking tubes? Oh my god. This is yes, this is such a vital question. Uh and what sliding into the DMs is is you actually you have to get onto this little sort of ornithopter, this little tiny uh <laughs> This little tiny steampunk flying thing, and you have to you have to actually go up with your wrench and sort of redirect the tubes toward the person that you want. Um, but people, there are all these perverts up there doing that. Like that's part of like you actually see that kind of in the opening shot. All these people like kind of on their little bicycles, kind of going up up, up into the sky, being like, "I'm gonna slide into our tubes." That's what they sounded like in Madrid in the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is super Guillermo del Toro. You sure, 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 sure. Um, so Thank anyway, um, <laughs> so anyway, Raquel needs to defend her honor. So she in, in uh, she she launches back with the the next the the next edition of her paper. She says, "No, in fact, the local harlot was not a local harlot, but um, someone of honor." <laughs> Uh, and and it was in fact R- Ricardo who 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 did the inv- did the advancing, oh. um, and so um, for for a little while the the um, the the uh, there's like a vo- volleys back and forth of this journalism right gone through the 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 editing and then and then unfortunately at one point her her supervisor sends her a little uh a little telegram and is like hey buddy um i don't understand why there's all of this like all of our headlines all of a sudden are about this one lunch that's happening um that happened like three weeks ago uh maybe you should stop stop doing that um and and she, she she she's like i i understand like like maybe you made some mistakes or whatever but um i'll just pretend it didn't happen if you just stop doing it and so um no real Raquel solution. was like oh that's actually like surprisingly chill considering that i've you know been kind of just going rogue for like the last you know week or so yeah but now I'm, I'm assuming like <laughs> Three quarters of their staff has died from the flu at this point, so maybe that editor's a little desperate. <laughs> They're short-staffed, you know, and and she's just trying to work because inflation is out of control, you know. So it strikes me, Will, um, that in a, in a in a startling yeah. parallel to today's world, um, the subscribers like not everybody would be everybody would be subscribing to their own newspaper, so everybody would be yeah. just in their little bubble getting their news mm-hmm. from their newspaper and yeah. their own their own uh version of the facts you know what i mean yeah pretty sure everybody reads el mundo right <laughs> is that where she works <laughs> shoot i don't know <laughs> she she works at i think that she works at la luna or something okay um but El Mundo, El Mundo is where Ricardo works, so he's got a little bit of a leg. Oh up. man! Um, so um, I would never want to get slandered in the pages of El Mundo. <laughs> it's my now worst that I know nightmare. that detail, it's I really feel for her. My worst nightmare. <laughs> um, so 
Uh, she decides to so- to sort this out once and for all by going to the the house of Ricardo, um, and and so she goes to the house of Ricardo on her way. People are th- like throwing like bits of like you know m- meaty grit gristle that that didn't make it into their tapas, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like throwing them at her, being like, "You harlot! <laughs> I read El Mundo, and that's where the real news is." Uh-huh. And and so um, does she have some defenders though? Yeah, you know, she's got to she's got to kind of dodge out of the way, but luckily she's she 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 kind of like sort of zip lines down some of these pneumatic tubes and is able to escape <laughs> that way. Um, and so she, she goes to the, to the house of Ricardo and, um, uh, and her, the Ricardo's wife answers the door and, she, and, and Raquel says, well, I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry to deliver you this news, but um, your, your husband uh, made a, made an untoward proposition toward me. And, uh, Ricardo's husband or wife says, um, "No, the, you 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 seduced my my hus- my my sweet Ricardo. I I have oh. the letter here, oh, and, no. and 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 the the letter the letter is you, you you can you can see the letter, and and obviously there's been like a lot of like like um like uh whiteout and stuff that's been put all <laughs> over it, but like." But like really, it's been really convincingly doctored um, to to someone who's not a copy editor, sure. you know. Um, and it, it and it says, Ricardo, I please leave your wife and be with me. Um, and and she's like, oh shit, that's not that's not good at all. I don't the the receipts. I I shouldn't have I shouldn't have I shouldn't have put the receipts back into the pneumatic tube and sent it back to him because now I have no proof. Um, and and then um, and then. Uh, she like, um, is heading home, um, but 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 she can but 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 she feels like she's being followed, and she and 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 she's like, who's there? But she, but no one. She can't she can't see anyone. Uh. And then she, and then and then she keeps on moving, and then and then there's another rustle. Um, an urn falls over. Oh she's no! Like, Who knocked over that urn? Oh no! Um. But but there's no answer. So she's she's about to 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 go to her door, and right as she gets to her door, right behind her, is Ricardo, uh, and and Ricardo's like, I couldn't wait any longer. I must have you, Raquel, and and she's like, No, never. And 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 she she turns around and like fucking slits slits his face like all the way open with her with her oh, her drafting knife. Damn. Um, and 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 blood spatters everywhere. Does it splatter or does it kind of just gush out? Like <laughs> it kind of just gushes out, actually. Yeah. And Ricardo <laughs> holds one side of his face and is like, "You shouldn't have did that." Oh and shit! He 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 takes out his drafting oh knife. Oh my god! And raises it high above <laughs> his head. Um, but um, she gives him a swift kick in the balls. Oh, I was hoping that they the were going to have falls down. I was hoping they were going to have like a sword fight with their drafting knives. Okay. Yeah. They have a brief, they have a brief drafting <laughs> knife yeah. sword okay. fight. Cause that is dope as hell. And <laughs> then, and then, and then right as he's about to, to, to raise the lethal blow above her head, he, she gives him a quick, uh, a kick in the nuts and the drafting knife falls out of his head and like drops directly on his head and just like splits him. Oh my him God. <laughs> Um, and then, oh. um, uh, and then, um, 
luckily, um, so, so, um, she's like, oh my God, I've killed Ricardo. Like what, what is going to happen to me? But luckily she, um, realizes that, um, so that the, the crazy old woman who lives next door to her, um, actually had, she, she's like, she's like about to go in front of the high magistrate for, for killing Ricardo. But the crazy old woman who lives next door actually had her, um, wax paper camera. Hell on yeah. At the exact oh, time. Hell God. yeah. And the old lady shuffles forward and says, this woman is innocent. <laughs> and like this big, just giant John Williams score starts, yes. starts uh, playing. And she's like, we're all, we're all in our separate information bubbles. And we're, 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 we don't know how to interact with each other because of this, this horrible Spanish flu pandemic, which I really think should be called the American flu because it actually originated in Kansas. But, but <laughs> anyway, uh, um, um, we should all be nice to each other. And so they're like, yeah, that's right. We should all be nice <laughs> to each other. And so they all held hands and Spain went through absolutely no difficult times ever again. <laughs> wow. The end. <laughs> that is beautiful. so beautiful, Will. Man, you did an incredible job, Will. As, was, as Luke said early on in that, and only continued to be more and more true, the world building was second to none. I really, I felt like I, a lot of tubes. I felt like oh, I was, the secret is I the felt tubes. like I was there as I was listening to that, your faces vanished from the video screen and were reassembled <laughs> on wax paper before my eyes. And I thank you for that. Well, yeah, I just, I went at it like a damn sociopath, man. I just, I, I don't know. You didn't go at it like a sociopath. Will you went at it like Guillermo del Toro. You sure did. Yeah. <laughs> like a wild deeply imaginative man but also a little bit like steven spielberg yeah a little bit there's an aftertaste there's an there's a definite aftertaste of the the john williams and the and the happy hollywood ending it was beautiful and i ship it heartily through the pneumatic series of pneumatic tubes the the pneumatic tube that goes from my house to hollywood it's on the way i think that we've almost broken a record also which i'm very excited what's about. what's that it's pretty oh, long just that we've been we've just been recording for like an hour and over an hour oh, and a half now oh yeah <laughs> that too well i don't know how that happened because we all kept our pitches to a tight 10 <clears throat> yeah well they were just so fucking riveting is the thing they demanded to be fleshed the power out of Guillermo. they demanded to be fleshed out and i'm glad that they all were I guess that means we don't have a ton of extra time for me to ask you more questions about the tubes, though, right? <laughs> I, I, I can take three more questions about the tubes. It's okay. We can do it offline. <laughs> okay. Well, make, make sure to tweet, we'll come back to Make that. sure to tweet questions about the pneumatic tubes. Please tweet all your questions about the tubes. <laughs> to Will. <laughs> um, Willie, I, I was trying to come up with something beautiful and conclusive by searching uh, El Mundo's real site for their like ethics and journalism page to, to find a statement to read on their behalf. But I couldn't do it <laughs> That's... without like <laughs> typing and clicking very loudly. Okay. I, I made it. I navigated a few pages in and I'm um, lost because it's all in Spanish. In my, 
<laughs> in my opinion, and I don't want to be slanderous, but that's pretty damning on El Mundo. Oh, wait. I actually just found it. <laughs> Could you read it to us, please? In the original Spanish? Oh, there are like 10 different sections. Oh, boy. Okay. I retract um, my statement. But listeners, if you're interested, go to elmundo.es forward slash em forward slash c-o-d-i-g-o uh n slash e-t-i-c-o dot html yeah we'll put that up on because we don't want to slander we'll put no that one. up on the twitter once again this is yeah. gonna be a real social media we're all about ethics revolution hell yeah <sighs> sure are sure are all right well uh yeah listeners get ready for the episode we recorded before this to drop and then this to drop <laughs> if yeah. you're some kind of and time also, traveler and probably what the blab to drop oh yeah and what the blab it's gonna be great yeah it's a lot of content give coming your give way. what the blab a listen it is it is going to tickle your funny bone and your heart and features guest madison yeah in a couple yeah. episodes too Real. Wait, has she actually ever been on a yeah an episode yeah. published? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, she has been on. Well then, yeah. At least you one. know her. You know you love her. You love her. Mm-hmm. Close personal friend, friend of the podcast. Best um, friend of the podcast. Even. I was gonna say that too, but I feel like Ted would probably object to that. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I, I I picture Ted as just being a member. That's of the true. Podcast. He already is. He is. Yeah. He is a part. He's the fifth beetle. But then we have Frank and Jordan, who are also the best friends in the pod. You can have more than one best friend. You can. Yeah. Case in point. Case look in at, point. Look at us look here. At the three musketeers. Yeah. All Just right. hanging out, smiling at each other, <laughs> doing what we yeah. love for the fans we love. Because yeah. we do love you. We do love you. We do. We really we do. Uh, and please do remember to, to stay pitchy out there, people. Yes, yeah, stay pitchy out there. Um, bye. 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 <laughs> no social media plugs this time. <laughs> they don't need it. They don't. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>